Welcome to the uh, Not Anything Special podcast. I'm your host, Smith Sweden. Today, I have Jessica Rook from, um, I'll let you kind of introduce yourself and um, but we're going over extreme ownership and um, chapters five six and seven we'll see how far we get tonight like I said we have Jessica Rook and if you go ahead and give I'd like you to give a little bit of your management background not just that you're a rad detailer and that you have an amazing business going on at final approach but if you could give a little bit about your leadership skills and why I believe that you're an amazing leader that would be amazing Sure, you're very sweet. Uh, My name is Jessica Ruck. I am the owner of Final Approach Detailing, along with my husband, Travis, who's also a part of our group. We are in Okemos, Michigan, which is just outside of Lansing, kind of right smack dab in the center of the state. All of us Michiganders show us on a glove. We're right here. Um, We operate out of a 2,400 square foot facility. Currently, we primarily we specialize on paint correction and ceramic coating. We have a small team with us. Uh, we've got five currently, including myself and Travis. Uh, prior to getting back into the industry, I spent about 15 years working in leadership and development, uh, strategic leadership roles, organizational change, kind of quite a few different uh, leadership positions and backgrounds mostly in the healthcare segment, um, but always have also had a small business going alongside those things and have done some business consulting through the years uh, with small to mid-size corporations. So um, definitely have a a unique background coming into the detailing side of things. I grew up in my dad's shop. He was a specialty mechanic. He built custom engines for uh, vehicles as well as some general mechanic work. Uh, I built my first engine for a 67 Camaro when I was seven years old. So I couldn't do that today, (laughs) but I grew up as a shop kid and uh, my mom was active duty military. So she was in the Air Force for 24 years, which meant I grew up in the shop. Instead of us traveling all over the world, we stayed with my dad's business and she did the traveling. So I grew up with all sorts of, you know, cars and boats and things coming through my dad's shop and how I made money to support my, uh, my goals as a child was by child labor and detailing vehicles. So, um, you know, back in the day I was running a rotary on gel coats on the boats and, uh, you know, doing everything we could to get cars shined up and ready for shows. Uh, also getting them ready to, to turn out from my dad's shop. I think he made them dirtier than he needed to just to keep me busy as a babysitter. So I was out of that for many, many years. And when my husband, Travis, got sick uh, with stage four cancer in 2017, we both sat down and made a list of things that we liked to do, not that we had degrees in or had experience in. And things that we would actually enjoy doing on a daily basis. And both of us had detailing on our list. It was always intended to just be a little side business and it quickly took off and here we are today. So. That's awesome. Thank you so much. How many people do you think that you managed over your 15? Oh goodness. At the uh, highest level. I mean, I, I had some, um, you know, scales between us, but at the highest level would probably be the most recent company that I left. And there were about 250 staff that I was over. So 
had multiple levels of management between us, but um, I was the director role above it all. And that's why I call you the badass of leadership. <laughs> multiple <laughs> locations spread all across the state, not in one place or else I probably would have pulled my hair out. So, well, I, I really believe that um, we got we got a good person here um, talking about leadership because of not just the stuff that we've talked about over the past year, but um, just how you are as a person and how you how you pretty much lead your life is, is leadership. And I really, I appreciate your presence in the Detail Mafia and I appreciate you as a friend. Hi, I appreciate that feedback. That's very kind of you. I, uh, I joke around when you grow up a military brat and, you know, especially when your mom is the one that travels and you're an only child, you kind of have to take on a leadership role from a very young age. Yeah. So I joke around that I've been a CEO in training since a, I was a toddler. So Right. <laughs> so when I when I talked to you about cover and move in chapter five, um, when you when I say cover and move, what what's the first thing that comes to your mind when you talked about your business? Uh, really, it's my accountability to my team. Um, you know, I I see myself as like the umbrella over <laughs> over my team and over my company, um, over our culture, over so many things. And uh, you know, in my role as a leader, it's my job to to protect them and be able to adapt and make changes and be open minded uh, to wherever that takes me. And when you when you say cover and move in a personal level, what does that mean to you? Yeah, I'm, I feel like I'm always in cover and move mode. Um, you know, a lot of it has to do with, uh, you know, Travis's unique background and, and his, his healthcare status. And we're always in like that fight or flight. Um, I'm always planned for the best and prepared for the worst. Um, I'm always quick to adapt. I am open to change. Um, I think that, you know, given our unique personal situation on top of, you know, roles that I've been in in the past, I'm, I'm kind of always, always ready to respond to whatever, whatever it is. That's awesome. So the first couple of questions um, I'm going to kind of put together and it's who do you cover and who covers for you inside your organization and outside your organization? So it's kind of a three-parter or four-parter, right? So yeah. who do you cover and who covers for you? Yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm definitely, I cover for my team. Um, you know, I'm, I'm pretty particular. We're a pretty close-knit team. So I consider all of them my family. We joke around. We have a family business. Our daughter even does school from our shop. So we're very much rooted with family. And, and I am always supporting my team in whatever way possible. Um, as far as who covers for me, you know, Travis is a, a big piece of this. Um, you know, he's not as vol involved as much on the operations and sort of business management side. Um, but he is, he is my ear. He is my sounding board. He is my proofreader this afternoon with everything that I've been putting together. Um, he also keeps me level-headed because I'm very type A and he's got a unique perspective on life. So I feel like he is kind of always being that for me. As far as on the outside, I mean, it's you guys. It's you guys. I mean, we, when we came into this group, um, you know, we, we kind of joined the mafia in a selfish way, right? We knew that we needed 
every one of the members of this mafia to help us make this business a success. Um, you know, we didn't have three to five years of a learning curve. We didn't have that. We have a unique situation uh, with, with our personal situation with Travis and, and our needs as a family. And uh, we needed our learning curve to go from three to five years to one to three. And I could not do that without every member of this group. Um, I knew that I needed to make deposits into the group just as much, but I knew that you guys would be there covering for me in the end. And, and that has been very true for the, you know, two, two and a half years that we've been in. I, I think for sure that you are a huge part of this group and you always give great feedback. And, and I know for one, like, I love learning about how you're doing in organization of your numbers. So when I start my shop, it's like, oh yeah, I'm just going to call Jess because she has a great system that's already set up that I know that I could, I could utilize. Yeah, I mean, that's cool. what this group is about. I mean, I'm doing it all the time. I'm, that is, that is something that, um, you know, as long as you are also putting those deposits in, that's what this group is here for. And I have never uh, been met with any individual in this group that hasn't been, you know, open to helping or mentoring or giving advice or sharing, you know, how they work things. Um, and I try to do the same. So. So what areas can you provide career support to others and where do you need greater support from others? Yeah, I think that, um, I'll answer it backwards. So what I need, um, because I kind of have so much general, you know, business knowledge and coming into it, um, I tend to make things bigger than they need to be. Um, and it's a good problem to have because it allows me to, you know, set things up and set our company up for growth and scaling. And I'm kind of ahead of the game all the time, but I also sweat the small stuff <laughs> when it comes to that. And, uh, you know, I, that's something that, definitely is an area for me. Um, you know, as far as, you know, what I can provide, um, what, how did you word the first part of it? In what areas can you provide greater support to others? Yeah, I think that um, just acknowledging my strengths um, and recognizing my weaknesses. So, uh, you know, something that you know, I have the business side of things, I have the HR side, the number side. Um, and so finding a way to be able to put that into the group, um, but do so in a supported way that's not just verbal diarrhea. Of, Here's all the things, um, finding a way that we can really break those things apart and really help on a micro level, um, because those little things at a micro level will add up in the long run. I think we've talked a lot about uh, an HR book you and I have talked about. Yeah. <laughs> like we need to start writing that HR book mm -hmm. on, on IIPP and, and I don't think people really understand what that is. And so, um, yeah. And that, that's where I say it's kind of a double-edged sword because, you know, it's possible to know too much in life and business and, and all the things. And I think when you, I mean, we, we have handbooks, we have safety manuals. I mean, if I show you behind me, there's literally a policy manual for everything. There's an SOP for everything. And, and it's great because when we have staff come on, you know, it's not unknown. It's not throw you to the wolves and figure it out. Um, it's very, you know, 
well thought out and established, um, but also it kind of creates such a you know huge org structure that you then have to support and you have to be consistent with. And that's hard when you're a small business because you can only stretch yourself so far. Um, you know, that's burnout's big. And so when you start to overthink all of those things and make them such big processes, it becomes a lot of work. Do you feel like you're sometimes at your management level, you're looking down at the 50,000 foot level and then you get too much 100%. into the grass? 100%. You'll like start looking at 50,000 foot level and then all of a sudden you just jump into the grass and you're like, oh my gosh. Yep. Yeah. And then you need that cover and move like, okay, instead of looking down the scope of a gun and keeping your head scoped at the gun, you got to kind of look up and look around and be like, oh, where, what's my situation? Yeah. Right? And that's where Travis comes in for me. I mean, I'm, I'm at the oh, shop yeah. at 719 right now. Right. I mean, granted, I haven't been in the shop all week, so, you know, I've got some leeway, <laughs> but he will be the one that will call me and be like, are you coming home? Like it's time you need to walk away. It'll all be there tomorrow for you. I promise. Like, it's not the end of the world. Just come home. And as soon as I do, I feel better. But in that moment, I'm like, no, I have to get this done. I've got this quote to get out. I've got this to do. I've got that to do. And it is hard. You know, you get caught up. Absolutely. It's all perspective, right? Like, he has a different perspective. Travis is, is probably one of the most unique. I love talking to him because he has that unique perspective, not just on life, but how he takes it into business. And how that perspective is, is like when I talked to him about the book and I called him up and I said, Hey, how's the workbook going and all that. And I'd really like to get Jessica. And he's like, well, we're just going to schedule her right now. Yeah. That's about right. This perspective. Yeah. Is it great? Um, yeah. I mean, it, it is, it's, you know, he, in addition to the cancer that he's had this most recent time, when he was 16, uh, he had childhood leukemia. He actually was diagnosed with leukemia as the planes went through the towers on September 11th. So if you can imagine that happening in the world um, and then, you know, having doctors walk in and say, I'm sorry, you have leukemia and we need to get going with treatment right away. Uh, he spent 11 months in a pediatric ICU after that at 16 years old. You know, it, that's a that's a lot to live through, right? So he came out of that, was in remission for 15 years and and then got cancer again with, you know, a family and a, you know, our daughter was, I think, third grade, second or third grade at that point. So, you know, he is a person that, you know, you hear the song, live like you were dying. He truly just doesn't sweat that stuff. And I'm sitting here like, well, we have the plan. Like we, have, <laughs> we need plan A through Z and, He's yeah. like, we'll, we'll figure it out. Like, we'll get through it. We've made it through worse. And, you know, his perspective on things, sometimes I'm like, I don't know how you do it. But other times I'm like, you know what? That's that's probably how I should look at things because life is short and it could change at any given moment. And we probably shouldn't sweat some of that stuff. So it's awesome. So I think this next question um, will be more I'm not sure if you could really delineate this into our detailing world, but just as business in general, as personal life in general, what makes it difficult to work across departments? And I think that would be more of like as the mafia as a whole. And then also not only that, but like your, your job, because I can tell you like what makes it 
difficult to work across departments. Cal Fire was so inundated. I mean, we had, you know, our Schedule B program, which is us, I call them the little red fire engines, little fire wagons that drive around all year, summer long, and they put out fires. And then there's our Schedule A program, which was our, what I worked in, which was all the local government, right? So, you know, Michigan has like your local fire department there for your city and all that. That's what I worked in. And then mm -hmm. we had our, our specialized rescue teams and we have police officers and forestry guys and all those departments. And when you have to work across it, and then we took over the state fire marshal's office. And then I was trained for state fire marshal as well. It's, it's completely a different world when you have to coordinate with different departments and then coordinate with different scheduling systems, different um, ways of doing things. And yeah. what's your, what's your, cause it, it works with like, if you're trying to go get a contract, like Travis had brought up last night, um, getting contracts with museums or police departments, fire departments, all these different things, right? And so when you think about it that way, what, what makes it difficult to work across public sectors and private sectors trying to get those contracts and trying to trying to work your business that way? Yeah, I mean that that naturally has all of the politics and bureaucracy and everything that goes into that. But you know what I really think of with that when I think of detailing is we all are detailers, right? We polish paint we apply coatings, you may do film, you may do window tint, you may do all of those things. At the end of the day, you're also the business owner. You still got to answer that call. You have to respond to that employee concern. You have to you know, make sure you've got work coming in. You have to run your numbers. You've got to do your marketing. You've got to do all of those things. So for me, departments are the little segments of what it is to be a business owner and a detailer, right? At the end of the day, the work's got to get done. We have to detail, right? Because we've got to bring the money in, but we've also got to run the desk in order to get the jobs to bring right. the money in. And we've also got to market and we've also got to have our numbers so that we can pay our taxes so that we can do all of those things. So I think of all of the hats that we wear and all the roles that we have to play um, and, you know, and how we balance that. And that's, that's the never ending thing, right? Like, <laughs> <laughs> that's I don't know how some of y'all do it that you know are are doing it all and wearing all the hats at once because man I wear just a few of those hats on a daily basis and uh I feel like I'm running around like a chicken with my head cut off most of the time so that's what I think of when when you say that so um we're pretty much at the end of this chapter so I'm gonna ask Chris or anybody else that wants to talk about moving cover and some of the questions that we've talked about if they have any input um, Oscar's on, Ryan, he's got some employees, and I know Ryan is, it, you're kind of your own guy, but he does work with other detailers, so what is all your guys' opinion on cover and move, and, and how all these questions kind of interact with your businesses and your life? I don't know, maybe, maybe they're not, maybe they're muted. No, I'm muted. I, I mean, I just follow with Jessica. It's, it's, everything she said is head on. You know, one thing I do say is I haven't grown because I like my peace of mind of not dealing with employees. Like that's <laughs> that's what's holding me back is is I just like my peace of mind and hearing stuff like that. I, I mean, I take my hat off to you guys that do have employees. 
I just felt like I did all of that a lot in the Marine Corps and like did that part of aspect of supervising and leading and all that, that I just, at this point in my life, I just want to be alone in my shop <laughs> with my music. <laughs> like, I, I mean, There's nothing funny, wrong with that. That's that's where I want to be. But I know that this year, like I have to make those decisions and I'm to a point where I can no longer do it alone. So I either got to scale back the business and slow down or start taking in that help because the detailing, the answering the phone, the folding towels, the marketing, it all adds up. It really does. And my days tend to be longer because I do all of that than it would be if I just had employees, you know, so I'm going to have to pull the trigger on that. Maybe this year, like December time period, but sometime this year I'll do it. That's all I got. December 31st, first employee. <laughs> that's a good, that's a good time to start. See, December 31st. Oh, that's funny. I mean, Oscar, that that's good that you can recognize that, right? Because I think a lot of a lot of business owners get in over their heads, right? And they they're not in a position or they don't want to bring on the staff. So they just try and hang on to all of it and continue to grow and scale. And and that doesn't work either. Burnout is huge. So yeah. Yeah, I definitely keep my track of like my burning out and, and doing what I can. I've even actually just just scaled down my menu just so I don't offer so many things because I, I kind of found what I want to do. It's just, you know, and I, and I tell people, I share it all the time. It's a one step, two step and codings one year, three year, five year. That's all you get, you know, because I, I literally was burning out from interiors and trying to do everything. It is I just scaled down the menu to kind of help me out with it. And I did you know, some clients obviously fell or they, people, they call me, they don't want that. They just want an express detail. Well, I'm just starting to refer that out, you know? And it's just like, I don't want to be doing that anymore for the same reason. But if I bring employees on, then I can, yeah, start them off and just start doing expresses on everything. But again, it's just kind of where I want to take my shop away from doing that stuff. So I don't know. Ryan, what do you got? I see you got your camera on. Yeah, um, I can I can speak on this a little bit right now. For me, you know, cover and move is me scaling back, you know, kind of like you were touching on, Jessica, with uh, people wearing all those hats and and you're struggling. I struggle with the business side of it. So I would love to hop on a phone call with you and and, uh, pick your brain about some things. But for me, that's what cover and move is right now. Like, okay, what is my best option? And I think it's stepping back and recalculating, you know, and just figuring out the best path forward. So in the next 30 days, I got a question for you, Ryan. It's pretty much the last one. And since you just mentioned something, so in the next 30 days, what do you think your goal is um, professionally to improve? It, it talks about a working relationship, but what do you think that you can do to improve, whether it's your personal life or professional life, whatever you want in the next 30 days, what, what do you think your next steps are? I think for me... Um, I was just calling Jessica and getting a meeting with her. Yeah. getting my books in order my back and figuring out like really how to run a business like when people talk about numbers when people talk about like hey what a you know how much how much does the detail cost you like how the hell do you figure that out I don't know I don't I don't I don't know you know we 
base things off of price and like if it has dog hair heavy soiling hazardous materials or certain services but i don't know how to figure out that cost even like it's like a different language and so i think like figuring out that and just stepping back and recalculating and you know getting my books in order like i'm meeting with a cpa once a week and and figuring out how i can uh start a budget and and work on things like that. Sounds I, like Jessica needs to um, do a webinar on numbers again. Yeah, yeah or, I need to get yeah. that going. <laughs> <laughs> on the basic- no, we talked about doing that as a series, um, yeah. just because it's so much information. But I kind of like the idea of doing what we have, like Brent coming in with, and doing it as a working session. Yeah. I think that may be a little bit more beneficial doing a small group working session. Yeah, that would be amazing. Thanks for uh, opening up, Ryan. That's rad. Yeah, no problem. Yeah. yeah, get at me too. We'll get something set up with a phone call or Zoom meeting. Okay, cool. Thank you. Yeah. So chapter six, um, I love it because it's always about the simplicity, right? It's always about like, even though I talked about you, Jess, like we're talking like 50,000 foot level, and then all of a sudden you're like, oh, I, I need to be in the trees or I need to be in the shrubs compared to like the grass level. And I always, I always think of things at grass level, shrub level, tree level, and 50,000 foot level. So um, when, you, when you think about keeping it simple and, and, and thinking about like the simplicity of like a mission, um, instead of like your PPF, right? So it's perfect example. I, I know that you started um, going down the PPF level and and you're like, oh my gosh, I've got to, you know, there's this whole thing and we've got it planned out for this plotter. And we have, like, cause you are so, you are meticulous about, okay, this month of this year, we're going to buy the plotter. This month of this year, we're going to do this. Like you have things so planned out, it's ridiculous, right? But at oh, the yeah. same time, What's your simplistic thing? Like, what is your mission? Like when you keep in it, when I say keep it simple, what does that mean to you? Yeah. So, I mean, this is, this is it for film, right? So perfect example there, you know, our whole thing has been, well, we need clean space. We need clean space. And so we're waiting on this unit to become available. That's attached. And, you know, that's going to be obviously a huge added expense, not in only increasing our square footage and our rent, but the build out that needs to happen in that area to be able to convert that to a film studio. And literally yesterday, Travis and I just sat down and we're like, let's just think about this. Let's think about how we could make this happen within our existing structure, with our existing staff, with our existing, you know, service menu. How could we make that happen? And so we came up with a whole whole phase in for film, right? So right now our, our issue is contamination. So we're going to start with just every other week, we'll have a film week and we can control contamination within that week. And when film starts taking off, then we're gonna, you know, maybe get to the point where it's every three weeks is, you know, interiors and standard services or every four weeks. And you know, shoot, maybe we get to the point where we're like Oscar and we don't have to take those interior jobs <laughs> unless they're in for another service. But, you know, I don't have to add on a whole nother unit then. I don't have to have all of the expenses of, of getting into that and staff training and all of those pieces. 
just to work with what I have, like get creative, get creative with our space, get creative with our staffing, use what resources we already have available to us right now. And then by the point that that film studio becomes available, then we've already funded it with everything that we've been doing all this whole time using the space that we have. So that was, you know, exactly what I think of just because you brought up film. I mean, that's literally in the last 24 hours, we've sat down and figured out how to make it simple and how to work with what we have within the bounds of control that we have currently. That's awesome. It's a, I took on recently a partner, right? So uh, her name's Heather and I've talked to you a little bit about Heather is, um, she's not like a full partner, right? She's gonna be a, what they call a 1099 employee because she's uh, an amazing realtor but what she has is connections to home coatings to get us started into home coatings. And she has a lot of connections with those higher up individuals making millions of dollars, buying homes, slipping them and all their friends and all that stuff and me moving into a new area, that puts me into a different category, right? For the new area. But at the same time, I'm still doing all my other employees. And she's like, oh, we need to get this brochure out. We need to do this. We need to do that. And I'm like, whoa, you need to like slow down. And I'm like telling her, you need to keep everything at a realistic level. And to me, that's simple. Like business licenses, next step. Okay, you want a brochure? Not a problem. I get you a brochure, right? Um, to take to all her people, but it's a step-by-step -step process. Whereas, um, if you keep it simple on that step-by-step -step process, that's what made me successful in the Bay Area. Like, I can be as busy as I want if I want to go stay in some hotels right in the Bay Area and be busy 30 days out of the month. But the problem is that keeping it simple goes, okay, well, if I'm going to build this new structure into the Sacramento Valley, how am I going to do that? Well, I'm going to do it the same way I did last time. It's simple. Word of mouth hardly any advertising and keeping everything on the more of what I call the tree level and the shrub level. The weeds is what you do every day. The shrubs is, is more of, okay, well, let's look at two days and three days in advance and the tree levels a week. 50,000 foot is what you think about every day. I'm gonna look at month in advance, two months, three months, where are we at in five months? Um, so the simplicity of things is not just looking at it I, as a category of, of an everyday, but also realizing that you have goals and expectations for yourself five months out, but keep those simple, keep them obtainable. You know, those objectives and those goals need to be obtainable. And, and I'm pretty sure that you keep yours obtainable. And, and but what about, you know, Oscar? I don't, Who's Dominic? I don't know who Dominic is, but um, if he wants to input on that, or Chris even wants to input on keeping things simple and organized. I don't know if you guys have any, and Oscar with his new position within the Mafia, do you have any feedback, Oscar, on that? He might be detailing at the same time. No, 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 I forgot I was muted, my bad. <laughs> I got my headphones on, so I kept clicking in it, and it just stays muted. Um, yeah, I mean, I this new position—I don't know—it's all over the place right now. It's hard to juggle as it is. It's trying to get a hold of everything because there's a lot of moving parts, 
um, going on. But, you know, the simplicity of, like you said, of doing it is just taking back and organizing it. I, I feel that anything that we do in business, we, we all do it. You know, I took a class yesterday with our chamber. Um, it's called Catching the Wave into Your Business. And they were talking about the same thing as far as, you know, what are you doing in your business to keep it? And they showed they showed us of like the cycle of transactions and how it is and how can you make your transactions a lot easier. And I'm going to put this out there on the forum. I'll let you guys hear it. But it compared a taxi driver and an Uber driver. It's yeah. the same service, except that Uber went and made the transactions so seamless that you don't even have to deal with your actual driver. And the example that they gave is when you got into a cab, the guy was uh, from Chicago, they gave the class. He said, they only want cash. Your, your cab drivers only wanted cash. Well, he never carried cash because he worked for a company and had a company credit card that paid for his transportation. Uber came out and literally simplified how you get in a car and go from point A to point B. Your transaction is, it's the same service. It just got simplified by removing all the hard tendencies of transacting with the money, transacting with the individual. You've even got to talk to your Uber driver no more. He just shows up, you look at the license plate, you get in, you go, you get out, everything is online now. So how can we as business owners, and again, I'm going to put this question out there um, over the weekend on the forum and thing is how how is we as business owners can simplify that cycle that we have in our business, not just within like our social media, but even me, like I always say folding towels because laundry days are my worst days. I have so many towels that I, that I have a whole wall locker full of towels and like I have to wash and fold and separate color coding. You know how you guys know how it is, is how can I simplify that? And a lot of it comes down to this analogy that they use with the cab driver and the Uber driver. Someone just took the cab that's been going on for decades of having cabs and calling a cab. We all know the yellow cabs and then your Uber where they just simplified the transactions. Now, what do people use more? Ubers. It's yeah. rare when you see a yellow cab out driving around or I'm going to call a cab because I need a ride. Everyone goes to Uber now. Why? Because it is the easiest way to go through. So how do we as business owners simplify our menus, our services, our, our interaction? You know, how do we simplify the sales? How do we simplify the, you know, going over everything in the vehicle? Well, the it's called you're able. What's or that? It's called. So I, I do it in a very small way, Oscar. So a couple of my customers that I've done is when I talk to them over the phone, they literally leave the keys in a certain location. I don't even sometimes see my customers anymore. So I go through your able. That's my personal choice is your able because I like the, the back end, right? Jess understands in the medical field, um, having, I'm not plugging your able, but I'm plugging their back end. I guess you could say, because their back end is medical grade um, security because of where he came from. So I know that all the information for my customers is completely secure and, and all the transactions are completely secure. So I do it through your able. Not only can they pay through your able through a square or um, there's a stripe and there's all these other things, but literally I go and get the keys, do the car, leave the keys. They are at work at home and I never see my customer and they, they'll text, I'll text them, say your job is done, blah, blah, blah. They pay the bill and then I leave. I don't leave the keys until they pay their bill. So 
pretty much the keys are in my hand until I see something that goes either on my square or the, the Eurable app that says that I'm, or Zelly or anything. There's so many different apps. There's the Venmo app that I have that's connected to my thing. So I don't even have to look at my customer, talk to my customer, but I still have, I create that relationship within the process that I do and how I talk to them on the phone to make sure they're having a good day. What I leave them in their car because they'll call me, I'll leave like little gifts in their car of different things of who they are and different conversations I have with them. I write it down. So I write down like my customers, like, oh, their child is graduating from, from school this year. I'll leave a graduation. Like last year, I would leave graduation cards. You know, I would leave like little things in their car at different times of the year to not only know that they know that I, I listen to them, but I'm here with that special touch, even though I'm not seeing them because they're so busy at work. They don't have time to come out and talk to me about their car. And then not only that, I give them a brief on the text message. Hey, this is going on with their car. This is going on. And you can also do that with the Eurable app. You know, you can leave notes in the Eurable app that allows them to see, hey, the next, you know, this is what's going to happen on your next thing. So I think that having apps offer is the way to go. You need that app to, to really have, not only that, it makes it professional for when you're doing your quotes, when you're doing your bills, and it allows you to have everything organized, especially Jess, man. She's got this stuff laid out in orange. I don't know what colors you got, but like Jess has got this thing all planned out. Like I saw that when we were doing stuff that you had, you had everything all planned out, like different colors for this, different colors for that. No, see, there we go. But, but the purpose of it is, is like you can not only go pick up your customer's car, there's a couple of customers that I will go pick up their car because of the fact that they pay me to do. It. Let's just be real. I'm not going to go eat your car unless you're paying me a pretty good wage to go eat your car and give you that service. And so I, and they, I don't never see them. They leave their keys in a certain spot and then I go get their car. So Oscar, I, I love that taxi versus Uber. I think that um, if you could find a way to make that sort of a drop list or a brainstorm list of what are people doing in their business to, to simplify those things and to provide that Uber experience, um, I think that that would be a good discussion topic within the group. And no, yeah. maybe some people are doing things that we didn't think of as well. Yeah. So what I'm doing right now is it, it literally came in this book and I was just going to take a picture, but um you know, it was just something that we went over and it's called accelerated transactions and it actually gives you the transaction cycle. So before I understand the cycle, because I just took the class yesterday, but, you know, it starts with invite, present, contract, fulfill, measure, complete, assess, and then invite again, you know, and then it asks you, what can you do to simplify every single one of those points on the transaction cycle? You know, your invite, how are you selling it? You're, you know, or present, you're inviting someone to come see you, right? Through social media, networking now you got to present what you do you got to come up with an agreement or a contract hey i'm going to do your car yes we agreed you fulfill that contract when you measure is where you're actually going through the process of work and you are actually 
viewing your work. Then you complete the work, you assess the work, and then you start over again where you invent some a new way to cut customers in. So I am going to put this this example out there. I was actually on, I was trying to do more research on it. Um, but it literally, and I'll read it, says the same, says taxi versus Uber, the same service, yet each aspect of the transaction has been reinvented to remove the friction for all parties at each exchange. Meaning you don't got a call, you can get an app and do it. Like Samantha said, apps is where it's at. You know, you, it, it tell, your app tells you when to come outside, you go outside, you get in, there's no money transaction. You get to where you got to go, you get up. You get out of the vehicle, then, you know, two, three minutes later, you get your review, you get all that other stuff. Everything is seamless. Like, so it's, I am going to put it out there over the weekend. I just got to find the chart that's here on this um, book that they gave us. I emailed them yesterday and then he followed up with the phone conversation for me today where I'm waiting for him to send it to me just to have, when I put that example, where, where can we go to the Uber side and still be successful like Uber? in detail, yeah. you know, Samantha hit it, apps for not dealing with customers. I'm not on an app because my customers is more personal. I like to get to know people before I do work with them. I don't just take people from the phone. And even when they come in, I'll still talk to them and I'll, I'll push them out I'll be like, Hey, you know, this is what it is. This is what I can do. Unless they're ready to commit right there. I'll be like, Hey, well, you know, think it over. Here's my card. You're already been texted. Text is the best way to get a hold of me. And just let me know when you're ready. And I let them go just like that because I'm not trying to haggle them to get all that work in. I'm just letting them know I'm not going to go anywhere and I'm going to be here when you're ready. So, I mean, it's just different ways, but again, I'll put it out. I promise this weekend. Uh, so yeah, take a look at maybe it he would even be willing Facebook. to do a webinar for us too. That would be, yeah, that that's, that's the next thing I got. This company is called influence you. I'm actually, uh, I just registered to take their six, uh, six month course on all transacting. Um, but again, it's, it's a leadership slash business course um, that I'm going to be taking with them starting in May. We're just kind of going to get the schedule. A lot of it is on Zoom, but some of it is in person. So I just got to get the schedule, make sure it fits with everything else I got going on. Um, but again, it's a great class. And I, I could put more stuff on here uh, that we went over yesterday. It'll be a different post. But on yeah, just those cool. five different stages yeah. of your business, you know, and it talks about your unknown, somewhat known, known, well-known or celebrated. And everyone has like a different, you know, what does this mean? Your key problem, what to focus on and what winning looks like for you at this point, you know? So, and again, you can use these stages on every level of your business, whether it's your social okay. media, your numbers, your SOPs, you know, Brent just put out that, um, that uh, employee handbook out. So there's a lot of good stuff that's going to be coming out, but I'll put it out there for you guys this weekend. Yeah. Hey, Oscar, I bet um, if you did some automations on your able, you could fold more laundry, though. Yeah. I, I bet. Mean, I mean, there's a hey, man, I, spend, I spend most of my Saturdays and Sundays with reset days. Like, I literally brought all my towels. I got stuff washing and everything. So I kind of just do it on my own. Sometimes I get lazy and I'll take all my clean towels, just, you know, all separated in different laundry bags to the shop on Monday. And then I spend like four hours folding towels on Monday. <laughs> But I, I won't mean, book a car that day. I don't let's just be real, Oscar. When you're doing your taxes, if you like, I have QuickBooks and my Square and your Able all connected. So my QuickBooks is also connected to my business card that I use for purchases. So everything is automatically uploaded into my QuickBooks that allows me to do my profit and loss. So I'm just saying that, like, I 
think that if you just get an app for that. No, I do. I, my, I, I'm on Square. I'm on. Uh, the only thing I don't have is your able, just because I know that a lot of people like, you know, they like to send the text messages and all that other stuff. I just know all my clients. They're all like people that have been doing. Yeah, but like, how cool would it be to to have like something instead of like you're able to send that text message the next day? And how cool would it be to to put that on your text message that automatically goes out from your able? I just want to thank you for for you to utilizing me here at eight oh five detailing because our interactions are always amazing and and. I just get so much out of not only detailing your car, but our interactions every day. So thank you so much. Just having that instead of like the Google thing. So I have that Google thing that goes out like the day after on new customers, but I change it up. If it's an existing customer, I'll take it off and put my other thing in there that goes, that goes, hey, I had, I just enjoyed you know, basically I have this whole statement that's written out about enjoying, about being um, a part of their life and them a part of my life. And it's not just a business and I consider them my family because most of my customers are like that. So if you're my customer that's like that, that's the message you get the day after. So I'm just saying, Oscar, you could probably get a little bit of less interaction in your business if you just use that. And it has a checklist. I've struggled getting getting reviews since I started using your able. I get reviews almost every time I send out one of those those texts a day later. Thank you. You know, so good job, Ryan. God, I love I love your little paragon. I needed I want a teacher, Ryan. I can definitely get you one. Right on. Yeah, I made a whole bunch of my family and uh None of them have come in to collect them, so. Well, I, I'm a large. Um, All right, yeah, perfect. So let's uh, let's move on. So chain of command, we've kind of talked about chain of command a little bit already, but in understanding your mission in previous chapters. So I'm gonna kind of skip over that one. Um, how do you engage your leadership to better help understand the plan? And how do you test your subordinates and peers to understand what you're trying to communicate to them. Yeah, for me, it's, um, you know, just being clear about the goals, the missions, being transparent in communications and expectations. Um, you know, we, for us, you know, we, we obviously have back staff. To, it was back to the app, right? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> we have, okay. You want to talk about overcomplicating things, right? I've got a staff member here that is, getting ready to get off of his probationary wait or probationary period. This is the 90 day checklist of what we go over with them, right? You see all those color codes, you see all the Wait, check marks. Bring that back up and let it sit for <laughs> so everybody can let that sink in. Like, right. But that. it's clear, there's clear communication as far as what our expectations are, um, you know, the, what we are expecting of them, what they should be expecting of us. Um, you know, there's, for us, it's, I'm a big, big proponent on um, transparency. And that's, that's across our organization. That's across our company. Uh, that's with my clients. We're just a very transparent organization. Um, and I think that just being able to 
trying to keep everybody on the common mission within our team just decreases a lot of friction. There's never a question of why am I doing this this way or, you know, what should I be doing or what are you expecting of me? It's just always, always clear from the start before they even get into anything with us. It's always clear. That's awesome. How, uh, when you're talking about the communication down your chain of command, how do you know they get it? Like, yeah. So, you know, I, I've done the workforce development side for many years. So for us, we kind of have phases through, through training and, you know, through growth within our team. Uh, the first time around, we're going to talk about it. They're just going to listen. Uh, the next time around, you know, we're going to talk about it and they're going to be hands-on and doing things. Once they're past that point and we feel like they're understanding it by our directions, um, then we're going to provide them that opportunity to do it independently and talk it out loud. Um, once they're past that point and we feel that they're able to do that, then we move them on to they're going to be able to tell us how to do it, right? Because eventually they're going to train the next person behind them. And so for us, we kind of work them through those phases. So, so that's a good question. What is... What process is too complex and why? <laughs> and, and how do you simplify it when you, when you go, oh my God, this is too complex. Yeah. I mean, that's not, that's not something that's tracked, right? That's, that allows somebody to sit into there. Some people are visual learners. Some people are hands-on learners. Some people need to hear it. I think that that there's no time frame that's set on that, um, but it allows us to really go to where they are. Um, and it also allows us to not jump ahead, right? Because it's very easy to, you know, okay, this is how I want you to wash the car, you know, show it to them and expect that they're going to know and they're not going to miss a step in the decontamination process that's going to mess up your coding or they're not going to, uh, you know, forget to put a sealant on when you promised that within your service level. So for us, it's kind of controlling that. Um, and then when they're ready to move on, then we move them on to it. If they need some more time in a certain area, then we keep them there in that area until they're ready to move on, of course, with reasonable expectations. So. That's awesome. And then how do you, when you simplify it, so like in your personal or your, okay, let's talk about your daughter. Cause I, I love that she goes to school, right? Um, does she ever feel like things are too complex and how you simplify things, not only on that business level, but in your personal life, when you're, when you're thinking about things at that 50,000 foot level and, but you make it too complex, right? Cause yeah. they talk about that mission where that guy is going out to, he's like, Oh, we're going to go two miles or two kilometers or whatever it was. And, and, and Jocko's like, have you been here before? Like you're going to go through like three different areas of the army, the Marines and whatever you go to go through three different areas of different departments, right? Across communication. You haven't even talked to them that you want to go out there and you haven't even been here to know that when you get 500 feet or 500 yards from this base, you're going to have some serious issues with the enemy or with different things in life. So it kind of goes into that whole thing of um, simplifying your mission, not only to, to accommodate things that happen in your life, but in business, 
And how are you teaching your daughter to do that? And how are you teaching your employees to do that? Yeah. I mean, with our daughter, she, she does, she goes to school uh, from our shop. It's a public school. It's an online public school. They've been around for 22 years. So it's nothing new. It wasn't just like a COVID thing that happened. They've literally been teaching kids online for this long. Um, for her, you know, she has the flexibility within that schooling program to work at her own pace. So math is not her thing, right? It's, it's not, it's not my thing. It, it's just not. However, she is incredibly talented when it comes to language arts and arts and things that use a creative side of her mind. So for her, she'll get so caught up in, I've got this math thing and I can't work through it. And mom and dad can't, you know, come off of the job to help me with it. And she'll just get caught up in that. And for her, it's like, okay, what do we have to do? We have to move forward, right? We have to take one step forward. So maybe we're not going to do math today. Maybe it's not a math week, right? We don't need to do math this week at all, but we're still going to keep moving forward. We're still going to keep working towards our goal, which is getting our, or our uh, assignments completed by the end of the school year. So for her, sometimes just allowing her to take a step back, still keep moving forward, but not necessarily on that thing that's holding her back. So basically decentralized command. Yep. Like the, the talk I had with uh, Jared. Yep. Take your eyes off the situation. So for people, uh, I had a talk with Jared, which was one of Jess's employees about um, basically it's decentralized command. He's, he's narrowing in. He could not figure out, some, was it a handle on a door? Uh, it was something silly, taking a door panel apart for yeah, a tent. And, yeah. door panel apart and he couldn't see it, couldn't see it. And I just said, hey man, I, I need you to go take a break for five or 10 minutes. Go do what you need to do to take your brain completely away from the situation. So that way, when you come back, your mind is reset. And you said it worked. He like came back oh, yeah. and saw the issue. And, and that's also keeping it simple. People don't realize that sometimes you need to take your mind off the situation and do something else. And I, I think that's the piece of it, right? You still, you still need to do something else, right? You still need yeah. to be productive. You still need to be moving forward. You know, don't just walk away from it and walk away from it because, you know, that's where you're at. Walk away from it and find something else productive to do. Find something else that is going to, you know, allow you to personally or professionally get you to where you need to be. Um, I think that so many times people just throw out their hands and walk away from it, right? Like, oh, this is too hard or, oh, I don't, I don't want to deal with this. Um, you know, you still have to deal with it at the end of the day, right? You've still got to find a way to work through it. As business owners, that's what we have to do. Um, as our staff, that's what they have to do, right? Because they want to stay employed. <laughs> as our kids, that's what they have to do because they want to graduate. So, you know, being able to find a way to do that in a healthy way, I think is really important. And I think that carries through to so many other life skills. Don't just walk away. You can step away. You can take a break. You can clear your mind, but don't give up and throw up your hands. Find yeah, a way well, to work through it or work around it in some capacity. I call it the step left. Step left, go forward and turn around and look at it when, when your mind is reset. So that's awesome. So when I say prioritize and execute, because that's, we're already on chapter seven, we're flying through it this time. So I'm, I'm pretty pumped. Um, prioritize and execute. When you're prioritize your day, 
and you prioritize um, from a leadership level, like to get clear on your priorities and delineate them down to your to Jared, and then Jared delineates it down because now Jared is people don't know, but Jared's one of your employees, and I got a chance to spend a couple of days with them, and he's he's quietly smart. He's a pretty pretty rad guy, um, but when you prioritize your day to Jared, and then Jared now has an employee that he's training, what are your priorities? How do you prioritize that? And how are you doing that in a leadership level to get him to delineate that down to now the next level? Yeah, so I, I've always joked around, like it's prioritizing priorities in leadership, right? Because at the end of the day, it's all a priority. It all has to get done. We all, all of the things have to occur. We can't not do the numbers or not do the service or not do the business side of things, right? So it's prioritizing priorities as a leader. How that, you know, pans down is being able to empower my team to be able to assess situations competently and be able to address them accordingly. So, you know, for us on a priority basis, Number one priority, our customer service, right? That is not optional for us. No matter what, that customer service will be a priority. The next piece of it is obviously the service. We have to execute a quality service. That's not negotiable, right? No matter what, that quality expectation has to be met. So the service expectation, the quality expectation are both non-negotiables for us. So they're at the top of the priority list. Whatever we have to do, to execute those accordingly is what we have to do. That may mean that we don't have time to do our laundry and our towels, or we may not have time to, you know, get the receipts entered from the day or from the trip that we just got back from or whatever that may be. We may have to work late. We may have to adjust accordingly in order to make sure that those priority goals, the things that align with our mission and our values are not stretched thin. I also put that down to my team of, you know, if we've got a job in, for example, that, you know, is doing an entry level coding that needs to cure for four hours, and we've promised this client that it's going to turn out by the end of the day, well, we probably need to do the exterior first instead of the interior and being able to assess that, know what you have on the docket for that day and adjust your schedule and your priorities accordingly is something that we start training from the start so that they feel empowered to make those decisions independently without me having to say it or now Jared having to say hey, you need to do this in this order. And then with that, which is awesome, what you said, but so when you create, when there's a problem, like we've talked about contingency plans and you were, you are probably- um, My life is a contingency enough. plan. You know, your life is. <laughs> I, 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 I know that I, I praise you a lot through this podcast, but I don't think people understand like your life is it's so like if you just look at your you should write a book but anyway so the contingency plan that you have because i know we were talking a couple weeks ago and things were a little bit low in business so you had a contingency plan so speak about contingency plans and how you decided to develop them and what you did to to have that savings to be able to go you know what we don't have business this week but our contingency plan is I got to keep these guys employed 
and this is our plan. So talk about that a little. Yeah, I think, uh, you know, two sides of this. So obviously, personally, we have to be on a, like our, literally our life is a contingency plan at any given moment. I need to be able to step in and execute those priorities, right? So, um, you know, if Travis isn't feeling well that day, guess who's running the polisher? Guess who's doing the coatings? Guess who's doing that on the floor? That may mean that I don't get to be at a desk or answer the phone or respond to that, you know, lead form that came in. And, you know, again, those top priorities, service, quality have to be at the top. So for me, you know, we... We operate that way in our life, uh, no matter what, because at any given point that can change for us. Um, you know, as far as within within the business, um, I'm a big proponent of just organic growth. Um, I'm a big proponent of, you know, not putting the cart in front of the horse or however that saying goes of, you know, making sure that uh, we are growing in a supported and organic way that we're not biting off more than we can chew. Um, you know, when you add staff to the mix, that gets a little difficult, right? Because you need to grow to a point that you have that consistent revenue and that consistent workflow coming in. And if it's not happening, you have to figure it out, right? You've got to go back to basics. You've got to reach out to your existing client list. You have to, you know, do some sort of income producing activity, even if they're not physically working in the shop, they don't have a job that day, they can still make you money, right? They can learn a new skill. We're doing that quite a bit right now with film services and being able to get to that point. So, you know, we may, may not be working on a job or they may not have a vehicle that they're working on, but they're still growing personally and professionally so that next time, next week, when I bring that next job in or next year, when we add this new service to our menu, we're still moving forward. Um, you know, for us, sometimes it's little stuff, right? We have, we have our storefront. So, you know, sometimes for Travis, if he's not able to come into the shop, he can still work at home. And, you know, we, he made a list of detailers in our area that we can start advertising our storefront to, um, you know, we can always be working on something that will create income. It may not create it right now, but it will create it for the future so that hopefully next time we have that slowdown, we're more prepared and in a better position. That's awesome. And, and one of the things that I wanted to highlight was that when we were talking is that you have that contingency and that savings built up to where you can go, okay, well, Jared is not working as fluently as he as he can this week but he's training on tent and you guys are training on tent you're training on ppf so and you have that car now the audi right that's 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 your work car that's your able he's able to take okay i've got to tint this window and i've got to tint this window and i've got to ppf this piece so i think that um having that contingency plan in place of different things of like um, whether it's your personal car, the, the vehicle for the shop, or going out and doing leg work, like Travis is doing leg work. Yeah. Um, or social media, building content. Like if you, if you are at a point where you don't have it, bring your own car in. That's what he did while we were doing PPF training this week. He had a day that, um, you know, he, he had some downtime and didn't have a service in. So I told him I need content. I need you to bring your car in. I need you to get that gimbal out. 
and just start filming, start taking pictures, grab products off the storefront, uh, you know, put together cute little displays of things, like whatever it is, I need something that will produce money, right? Whether that be, you know, a, a service and learning a new skill um, or just something that will in turn help our business grow. Either way, to me, that's still a productive activity. It's still an income producing activity, even though they're not on a job that's getting paid. That's awesome. Yeah. Let me jump on there real quick. Jessica, I'm glad you said that. For the guys that don't know Dominic, Dominic's out of here at a Rancho Cucamonga. He's like south of Rennie in the Inland Empire area. So I call it all Inland Empire. They get mad when I say that. But we were just talking about that in shops because, you know, use your own cars. If you see any white paint before and after with Searles or holograms or anything on my social media, 99.9% .9 of the time is my truck. Because I will 100%. literally go out there and create content. I'll get a rotary with the wool and I'll, I'll go at it with the rotary and then I'll, I'll fix it. But yep. I'm creating content for that day. Same thing with glass or interiors. You know how many times I could just come up even my neighbor's car. If I see something, if I see a wheel, be like, hey, dude, bring your car around. Let me just do the wheel real quick. And I'll literally just detail that wheel. 10, 15 minutes. But guess what? I have a great before and after. I have a reel. I have something constantly going up. Today, I really wasn't in the shop. It was too cold and I was too busy pushing water out, but I have a Ferrari in there. I just did two stories of that car in there and I got so much interaction and so many people like, hey, dude, I need to get my car coated. Why? Because it's raining and I'm coating a car, you know? It's just constantly creating. So Jessica, I love that you do that because yeah. I was only, I always tell people, you always have stuff to do at your shop and you can always create something. You don't have to do the whole car. You don't have to do it for free, but shit, I, I've put holograms. I put rotary marks all over my truck before on one spot just to see how it would look. And then I polished it out get a yeah. great before and after. I love it. I mean, that's, that's at the end of the day, when, when we're going through those times, literally, I not only think that, but I have trained Travis and now Jared to think that way of what can I do to produce money? Literally, what can I do to justify my wage? Right. That's literally what it comes down to for us is, you know, you're not, you're not getting paid to, to do nothing. If you want those hours, if you want that money, you're going to do something that will produce money. So I challenge you to think outside the box whether it be door knocking, whether it be content, whether it be, you know, expanding your knowledge, there is always, always, always something that you can do to generate money for your business. It may not happen today. You're planting the seed, right? Once you plant the seed, you're going to start watering it. You're going to start adding more to it. It's going to start growing. And then down the road, you're going to have something beautiful to pick from it, but it just doesn't feel that way right now. And that's hard. It's hard to feel that way. It's a tough spot to be in. Well, yeah. And then, you know, you think about your emotional, right? A level on the emotional level, what are those red flags? Um, what are the ego flare ups in yourself? And then how do you tell yourself to detach from that? Yeah. So I mean, it's for me, I would be here all night long. Like I would be literally going back through like former leads and reaching out to everybody and their brother. I'm like, I got to get jobs in here. I've got to get money in. I've got to you know, create this to take to, you know, our, our next service partner. I mean, I would literally be here all night long. That's just how my brain works. Cause again, I'm in fight or flight mode, right? So the house is burning. I have to put it out. So it's that's fight, kind of how now, now they're called it fight, flight and freeze. Yeah. Listen, well, that's the, new, that's the new term. I don't do much freezing. So I have to freeze Yeah, <laughs> to do the freeze part. Like there's stop, drop and roll. I don't stop. I just drop and roll. So, yeah. 
that's me. <laughs> so, so when you're talking about, um, and I want to bring up, you have a competition in your area. That was a really cool new thing that happened to you. But in prior, um, it, it almost seemed like it was kind of like, because out of, I think it was like 50 people that Travis had had put down 50 detailers in your area. How many square miles? Uh, he ran it out to 25. 25. 25. And that includes like backyard, you know, yeah, social media, still, all the things. There's a lot of detailers, right? And then when you're thinking about, okay, but on your level, you only have one. On, one on, that I consider. Yeah. One person on final approaches and and then all of a sudden, after MTE, Travis and her talked, right? <laughs> if right? you want to so, call it that. <laughs> so, so this is great. So this, I love this as an ego level because mm. you're not one of those people, I think if there's good ego and bad ego, good mm. ego is, is understanding that you're confident in your skills and knowing your job and bad ego is, is overinflating that, right? But when it comes to ego and it comes to this person in your area, she did something that blew you away. So if you could talk about that, because it blew you away on, on, on a different level of like, oh, I got to rethink this. Yeah. I mean, I just a little backstory on it. So this person has talked negatively on our business, does like low blows through social media over the last few years. And it's just somebody that I just didn't want to engage with because of, because of the low blows and just the level of tact that was there. So I uh, saw her at MTE and uh, she actually did. She went up to Travis and had a very awkward interaction, but she ran away from me. <laughs> the whole time like there were multiple times that we could have converged and had a conversation like she had with Travis and instead she just I felt like she was running away from me the whole time so that's what I left MTE with and I'm like oh gosh now I've just you know added fuel to her fire to put her shady social media posts and all of these things out there but I had a lead come in yesterday and I'm talking to you know, this individual and I'm asking them, you know, how did you hear about us? That's one of my standard screening questions. And she says, oh, well, I found you on Google, but I do want to tell you that I talked with, you know, Christine at your uh, other competitor. And she actually told me that you would be a great shop to go through. And I was like, do what? <laughs> huh? Are you sure? Are you sure it was that shop? That's what I'm thinking. But in my head, I'm like, oh gosh, like now I really probably should extend the olive branch because maybe my perception was not right and she was not running from me the whole <laughs> So so it comes into play of like sometimes our our perception and it's not a bad ego. I don't think it has anything to do with ego, um, but perception. So I'm gonna change the wording of this question of, of to perception. And how do you change that perception now that now, and we've talked a little bit, how are you going to extend that olive branch? What are you going to do to extend the olive branch now? I haven't figured that out yet. <laughs> I'm still thinking through that. I've been looking at social media to make sure there weren't any other low blows first. And then I'll, then I'll do that next week. <laughs> okay. 
we'll, we'll if anybody has any ideas or has been in a similar situation, please feel free to share. I just say, go up. I just say, drop by. Yeah. Hey, you know, I just want to thank you. I'm like, should I bring our flowers? Like, I don't, I don't know. That's kind of, that's kind of a little too much. Um, I'm just, yes. that she finally extended the offer <laughs> you guys instead of her TNA that she yeah. on social media. Maybe it's some running shoes. So next time she can run away. I don't, I don't know, but, but I think that, uh, oh. you know, going over there and, and, and talking. So I think that that's yeah, definitely is that um, there's a company, right, that wants to send me like 30 coatings that I talked to you about. And and there's like a 30 backup coating, so it's a two-level coating. And I'm just going to give them to detailers around my area. I don't care if they're mafia or not. And the reason why I'm doing that is because it's going to allow me to extend, extend an olive branch to go, hey, by the way, I'm Samantha, and I have this and I'd really like to be able to, to recommend you because I did it in the barrier. Had a couple go-to guys that I saw their standard and I was able to recommend them. I could not yeah. provide a service because the I was just too busy. But Absolutely. I could, I could provide them, my customers with a service by giving them somebody else. And then eventually those people would be like, hey, you know what, Sam's in your area. This is her company. She would be great for you. And it started be, becoming an interaction with people that without any ego involved, we're just a detailer. We're still a family oriented business because you're my family, because you're still a detailer. You're still part of my family. So I think extending that olive branch is not just about going, oh yeah, you've done this and this before. We're starting a new. You, you've just given me that that view of like, oh, well, you know what? You Oops, just recommended me. Did I freeze or did you freeze? I don't know who did, but one of us did. Yeah. One of us froze for a second. Um, yeah, and I, I do that. I mean, I, I joke around that, you know, I, I fund many payrolls around me. I have several individuals that we refer through on a regular basis. Um, everybody knows my shop is an open door, you know, support several local detailers in our area and this is one that just mentally has been been a barrier for me and most of that was online prior right because I had not had a conversation in person and then the empty interaction happened and so for me it's more of a mental thing that I just need to suck it up and get over it <laughs> yeah I, I, I hope in the next 30 days, I challenge you to do that. I challenge no, I you will, for sure. to stop by her shop and say, hi, I'm Jess. And I just want to say thank you for giving me that, that uh, interaction with that customer, but we've never met. And I just want yep. to challenge you to do that because I, I will think do that. that will be amazing. Um, so we're going to move on to decentralized command because I think this is a great point to talk about with Jared. Um, because decentralized command is not just about looking up from, from the view that you have and, but, um, it's about not waiting for orders. So, um, what is Jared doing in your business where he's not waiting for orders and how have you trained him to be that way? Mm, you know, this is an ongoing thing. So 
Uh, you yeah, know, he he can be really great at it at times. And then there's other times like yesterday where we didn't panel prep before we put a coding down that, you know, those are, those are things that we work through on a daily basis, despite laying about 150 codings prior to that. But um, I try to give him the grace and the opportunity to screw up and to learn from it, right? Um, you know, for him, he is one that if he doesn't do something for sometimes it feels like 24 hours, like he's loses that self-confidence on something. Um, and so I know Chris had talked about this, um, you know, with, with his employee and what he's been working through on that. And, and it's, it's totally a self-confidence in some of those pieces. So I try to empower him and I try to, you know, encourage him that if you screw up, you screw up. As long as you're learning from it, I don't care, right? All of these things can be fixed. Is it a pain in the ass and does it cost money? Yeah. Um, is it frustrating because you know he's done 150 codings and why the hell will we not panel prep before a coding? Absolutely. Right? <laughs> but I have to give him that opportunity because that's the only way that he's going to grow personally and professionally. And, the, and so um, when you're talking about the decentralized command, right? Um, behind your mission, I mean, everybody knows it's a mission and detailing. It's about making the vehicle the best it can be, right? But does everybody in the team, like, so Jared gets that. He definitely gets that. When you have a new employee coming in, how are you training that employee to go, you know what? Like, we need to make this car to the best it can be. Not just- Yeah, it's our culture. I mean, it, that's all, it's driven by culture. Um, you know, we, we have our saying, it's a first class service experience. We have the aviation theme through our whole business. Um, and so we say that's our first class service experience. Uh, for our staff, in order to get to their next level, we have a leveled um, structure within our positions. In order for them to progress through, you know, our career track, essentially, they have to be able to complete things independently two FAD standards. And what those FAD standards mean is that first class service experience, time, quality, service expectations. I love that, that's great. And that's literally, they don't come off of probation until all those check mark boxes are complete. That tells me that they can provide that first class service experience to our time and our quality expectations. Your 50,000 puts it right down yep. to that grass level of like 50 things. Yep. Um, you know, with that, Jessica, one thing that um, what we did as a drill instructor, uh, when I went in like, 05, we couldn't be alone with recruits unless we got signed off on about a thousand and one things. And it literally took a whole cycle, 13 weeks of boot camp as a new drill instructor that you had to get signed off up to the battalion level. So like the battalion commander and star major would come in and they would have to sign you off on certain things and see you interact. So I'm all about the, the systems yeah. that you have in because then it, it well, really just shows like that they can do something without you being there. Well, the other piece of it is now you have an accountability measure, right? So now you know that they've been trained and oriented and all of these things have, have been observed and documented and they've acknowledged it. So, you know, if there becomes an issue down the road, you know that that expectation is there. You know that they are, were capable of meeting this goal. So if there's a performance issue or if there's, you know, something that comes up down the line, 
we can say, no, no, no. Remember, we went through this program. We were checked off on these areas. We met these expectations. We understood what the expectations were. Yeah, absolutely. That's a great program that you have. Maybe a good webinar <laughs> on checklists. <laughs> I feel like I just got volunteered for like five webinars and no, one no, podcast. Funny. You know what? Wait, <laughs> when you guys do, but like on the education committee, like it's when you have all that knowledge, you have to. No, she is the webinar with Josh Pierce. Like, yeah, yeah. yeah. We'll we'll get to work on some of those. So, so um. So this is a good question. Like I've skipped over two because you've already answered a couple um, question decentralized command. But um, in what areas are you being the easy button? And I'm gonna preface that because you are the easy button in your business for your team or your peers by making the decision or solving problems for other people rather than teaching, training mm. to be and act as themselves. Yep. That is like literally my balance of, of the last 15, well, I guess now we're at like 18, 19 years of my career is finding that healthy balance because I'm type A, because I know I can do it. And, you know, I may be able to do it quicker or easier or use less or cost less because of that. My brain wants to just fix it. I'm a fixer, right? Whether it be at home as a mom, as a wife, as a caregiver, as a, you know, employee, as a manager, all of those things, I'm a fixer. And so for me, I have to, you know, there was some suggestions on the one minute manager series. I've literally read that series probably five different times throughout my leadership career. Not my monkeys, not my circus, right? All of those things, like <laughs> all who moved the cheese, all of those things. They're literally, I feel like books written about me yeah. um, because that is the balance that I have to have regularly. And I have to assess and stop myself sometimes like, this is not my problem. They need to figure that out. I will redirect them to the tools and resources that are in their toolbox. But at the end of the day, they have to be the one to use the tool. I can't use it for them. So I it's an ongoing that, thing. That's that's a great uh, comment you made. It's not only forcing your personal life, right? Because we all have toolboxes in our personal life. Whether we choose to use our toolboxes is up to us. Whether it's absolutely an emotional toolbox, a, a physical toolbox, working out. Yeah, I use that analogy when I'm hiring staff. Even I say your first ninety days is us providing you with all of the tools and showing you how to use them. After that, and we know that you know how the, what the tool is and how to use it, it's up to you to use the tool and to use it correctly, right? That's the key to success or failure thereafter. Well, so, yeah. And how do you do that in your personal life? Because you have, not only was it in a, a healthcare field, it was an emotional healthcare field, right? Yeah, so I, well, I mean, I've many different emotional sides of it people don't know is that you worked in the mental health division of, of the healthcare, right? Yep. Prior to that, I was in hospice and home health. Okay. So death so and dying. It's, it's physical and mental. So, so what I want to ask you is we challenged you on the first podcast of the book. <laughs> Oscar and I challenged you to 10 minutes a day. I've done it a couple times. I'm putting you on the spot. How are you doing with the 10 minute challenge? Oh, I've done it a couple times. Not every day though. 
So I really just enjoy my sleep. That's part days. of my, my self-care. In the next sleeping. 30 days, how many times can you commit to doing that? Oh, goodness. In the next 30 days. Just two okay. to three times a week. That sounds Jessica, reasonable, don't, right? don't feel Don't feel bad, Jessica, all right? So when people ask me what I do for fun, I take naps for fun. Yes, I right? I can't fun. do that. So like those little Your morning Oscar and I are, are both taking naps for fun. <laughs> yeah, but you know, it just you just got to do it sometimes. Like, oh yeah, you just take a nap on demand. That's just well, that's and just, I I'm a night yeah. owl, so I'm up so late anyway. So it's like I don't want to wake up any earlier. Like, I stayed up you, late already. What about taking your so even if you feel like it at night, do your stretching? Yes, I I do, and I'm I mean I'm a former dancer gymnastics coach all the things so I have to do that in order to like physically be able to move about just because well, my bones and joints don't like me but... know is that in our room when we had a couple of drinks <laughs> at MTE Jessica could do looks he was trying um, Jessica, Jessica can do what what can Jessica do <laughs> Oscar I tried to teach Sam how to break dance okay oh, nice. so you teach me how to break yeah. dance but you did the splits at some point Oh yeah. I mean, and this what I do for fun. It's how I stretch my hips. This out. woman is so limber, it, it's ridiculous. Oh yep. Okay. We're yeah. Okay. So but Jared and I throwing me like, under the bus with my break dancing. Jared and I were like, are you kidding me right now? This is happening. Oh yeah. I don't drink very often. So yeah. that was that's that what was happens. Fun. Like apparently I break dance. Yeah. Who knew? Yeah. <laughs> um, we talked about subordinates and leading them. Um, what what indicators suggest you become too decentralized? Meaning that you're you're too much at that fifty thousand foot level. What indicators yeah. do you have at that point? Uh, for me, it's burnout and looks of people around me looking dazed and confused. So <laughs> like, that's literally what it is because I, I move fast in, in life. And sometimes I've got so much going on and I'm working on so many things and I find myself just caught up in the moment or moving quickly. And I find my staff looking at me like, okay, what, where is she going to go next? What do we do? Are we going over here? <laughs> I can just look at them and be like, okay, pulse check, <laughs> slow it so, down. So bring leading it back. into that, like what are you being micromanaged, which obviously you're not, or how do you are you micromanaging and why? Yeah. So I am like, I cannot stand micromanaging. It's actually a trigger for me. So if I feel like I have to, that's when I feel like. I've lost control actually. So for me, it's, it's like a constant, I don't want to be in a position where I have to micromanage at the end of the day, if I need to step in and do it, I will. Right. Um, but I don't want to be in that position. So when that is happening and when I'm feeling that happening, it's like, hold the phone, step back, reassess. What do I need to do? Cause I'm not, this isn't my monkey. I'm not taking it on. Yeah. I clearly did not provide you know, the right direction or tool or, you know, something, something didn't click. So what do I need to do to allow that to happen so that I do not have to micromanage that situation? Well, that's, yeah. Cause that's pretty, 
pretty much when you have an employee, that's that's kind of like the huge thing, right? Is is Yeah, I mean, at the end of the day, you have to if if you have to, right? But being if able to assess that business, right? You have to check all the boxes before that vehicle goes out. It's not micromanaging; you're checking the boxes. It's so for us. It's that's. I mean, we we have a quality checklist, right? We have a quality inspection that's completed for our standard services and above. And that's not completed by me. That's, I mean, it may be at times, but it's completed by just somebody else that has the same knowledge of that service level. So for us, we just flat out tell people and it's literally written on everything. Do not take it personal, right? We charge a premium for our services. We are a specialty service provider. We're not an express quick in and out. Our clients are coming to us and paying more than they would anywhere else for that first class service experience. So it's not personal. Simply put, it's what allows us to function at the level that we do and charge what we charge for our services because we provide that exceptional service. And how we do that is by ensuring this inspection process is in place and that we're delivering that same level of service every single time. That's awesome. Well, that was that was it. We got through four chapters this time. I'm pretty pumped. Whoop. I'm, I'm pretty pumped. Um, so the next, the next thing is the rest of the book, right? Um, and it's too, uh, we're going to have some fun with that because I'm not even sure who's going to do that yet. But next week, next Friday, we're going to have it. Maybe I'll just have you and Oscar tag team it. And Chris. Yeah, I think Chris, Chris gets one too. He's been on every I, one of them. That's his award. I think we should have Chris do the next four chapters. What do you guys think? I mean, do we have a vote? Um, I got a little surprise. What was that, Chris? I ain't got the book. It doesn't matter. I don't need the book. I, I haven't asked, read the book for probably five or six years, and it just... It's really just the question. So just didn't have um, Travis got the workbook. And I just asked just the questions from the board book tonight. That's how come it kind of went to more questions. And I think that um, we can get a commitment from Jess to be here next Friday at four again. And Oscar at four, I think we can get all three of you. How do you guys feel about that? So we got Chris, Oscar, and Jess as our guest hosts for a final. What do you guys think? Yeah, that should be good. BRB, let me pull up. You're able. Yeah, that's yeah. what I'm doing. Too. <laughs> I might be driving back from the LA area at that time, but I'll let you guys know for it. Just depends on what time I'm done up there. But yeah, I'll, as I'll long as it's evening time, I could make it happen. Yeah, 4 p.m. next Friday. Yeah, that should be good. Perfect. Dominic, go out and get this book. Read the last four chapters. If I'm not here, you can sit on it. Yeah, like uh, just all you got to do is, I mean, and anyone can jump in. Like this is not, Ryan can jump in, you know. Um, There's also an audio book that summarizes it as well that would at least give you enough to yeah, carry on this conversation. Yeah, it doesn't even matter. Like your personal experience and life experiences are great for this book, so. I just want to thank you guys for all uh, joining in. Thank you, Jess, for so much input. I kind of put you on the hot seat a lot tonight because I respect you so much. 
And I appreciate it. Thank you for the opportunity. Yeah. And if anybody ever needs anything, feel free to reach out. Yeah. So if you guys don't have anything, anybody else have anything to add about tonight or anything they wanted to add? No, I'm good. Together. Um, I listened to your Atomic Habits and I'm glad that I can be a part of this one. And thank you, Jess, for being so transparent and uh, sharing your experiences. It was really helpful, actually. I got a lot of notes tonight. So. Awesome. Awesome. Good job. Look, no, no let's, okay, Ryan, you need to like talk a little bit so we can all say, He's not only got his flex water bottle that he won, he's got his Urable sweatshirt hoodie up. He's got a book with notes. And what hat do you have on tonight, Ryan? Mafia. <laughs> so not only do you have your app going for you, you have your tools going for you. You have your go. notes going for you, Ryan. Yep. Dude, I love you, man. That's rad. That's you're setting yourself up for success right there. Hey, you know what? We're uh, taking a second go at this and we're doing it at the right time. We're doing it right this time, so. Good job. Ryan. That's Good what it's job. all about, Ryan. All right, guys. You guys have a great night and we'll see you next Friday at four o'clock. All right. Have a good night. Okay, thanks, Sam. Look out for that post either tonight, first thing tomorrow morning. I'll probably put it tonight or tomorrow, but look out for that post on Uber and taxi. I'm going to get people thinking about this. Dude, cool, yeah, I love it. It's all about the apps, bro. It's all about the apps. <laughs> about the apps. All right, you guys have a good night. All right, guys. Yeah.